Hi, it's Chad Griffiths. I'm the host of the Industrial Real Estate Show, and I'm glad you're here. After you listen to it, please consider leaving a review on our Apple or Spotify page and check out any more episodes to see how you can learn more about the industrial real estate market. Well, hello, everyone. I am excited, as always, to be back for another episode of the Industrial Real Estate Show. And this is going to be a very interesting topic as I've got a lawyer on who specializes in real estate investors and helping them avoid legal risk and also optimize their portfolio for uh, long-term success. And I'm going to be the case study myself as I talk to Scott on this, uh, going through my own portfolio and having him identify some areas where I have risk, what I could do and just areas that I can protect it. And I hope that this would be helpful for anybody that has a portfolio themselves or is looking to get into that uh, down the road. So with that, uh, Scott, thanks so much for joining me on the call. Awesome. Thanks, Chad. Great to be here. And I got to tell you, you are so brave uh, to come on and publicly talk about like what your business and assets are. Uh, and uh, one of the core things that our clients really like focus on into it is about how can you actually run and hold all of your assets and be completely anonymous so people don't even know what you own, to even know if you're a good target to a lawsuit. So I just want to say that for everybody listening in here too, this is a big gift that somebody's willing to come on and actually talk through a case study and actually give like a live um, live strategic session uh, with, uh, with me today. So Chad, thanks for being willing to do this. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it as well. And and I, I suppose like a lot of investors, I, I there is some anonymity to my portfolio as well because I have different companies holding different things and I've got partnerships and uh, debt of course on all of them so it's it is a complex situation I've I've said to my wife before that uh, if I die she's going to need to hire like a team of people to figure out just where everything is I've even tried getting uh, getting it set up so that my accountant could put together like a a, a what would the word I'd be looking for, like a, a workflow on how all the different things are owned. So it's not as straightforward as just me owning all these things in my own personal name. I, I'm kind of one of those guys that that I don't actually own much in my personal name at all. It's all in corporations or LLCs. Uh, but perhaps what we could do, I'll, I'll walk through one in particular that uh, property that I have, uh, because I, I think that'd be a good example. It's probably probably the most important asset in my portfolio as well. It's uh, a building that, uh, so I, I own it with three partners. We each have uh, owned 25% in it. Uh, so three other partners. And it's a building that we, ha we have our office space in as well. So we bought the building in 2019. We bought it for about 3 million. And then over the past two years, we've put another million and change into the renovation. So uh, the, we, I go to this building every single day. I drive to this building because that's where our office is as well. And it's a pretty important asset in our portfolio. So but most investors, myself included, would think that I'm covered by having insurance in place. I've got liability, general liability insurance and fire and theft and all those things that go in there. But I've, I've, read a number of things that you've produced and watched some of your videos and and now i know that that's woefully inadequate so wh what would you say in that position i'm a real estate investor we own this in a company i actually have i own a company that owns my 25 percent share in the company that owns the building talking about how far removed it actually is for me uh, but wh what are the, some of the things that i should be worried about or concerned about uh owning this property well, I think you've already done uh, some of the baseline, like really critical steps, right? So, you know, one of the major things that we, uh, when I first got into um, helping people with this, like over seven years ago, came from me actually being a real estate investor and a business owner that I bought 
a commercial property that had an automotive and transmission repair shop. And I bought it for $10,000 in back taxes and flipped it after I graduated from law schools to have no debt. And that's where I got to learn um, about first what was what was how important real estate was, how important business was, um, and started down the journey that now that I teach on and have a company um, that works nationwide with people of what business owners and real estate investors and people that are trying to grow their net worth like need to do. Um, you know, to the counterpoint, Chad, some of the great things you have going on right now is that you're using the LLC structuring as part of the protection in there. A lot of people um, errantly think. Um, that, hey, well, I have an umbrella insurance policy, so I'm fully protected. And I, I had a, a, a friend of mine who actually lost over $3 million in real estate. Um, and he would always tell me, he's like, ah, I got a big umbrella policy, like I'm fine. But what he didn't understand is like the limitations of the insurance, that insurance only protected against like simple accidents that would occur. And when he had got into a deal that went sideways with uh, some new partners that he had and he wanted to pull out, well, they turned around and soon he went to his insurance company. The insurance company says, we don't protect against that. And so he was just left out in the wind. So even just the basic protections that you would have put in place and you have put in place, he would be over $3 million richer today because of that. So first of all, that's why I would say that's awesome. You got to have the insurance. It's your best first line of defense. Now I say, well, great. Well, how do I get from that 90% protected that insurance gives me to be 100% protected? How do I become bulletproof to the lawsuits? And there's two ways, to, uh, two critical factors that come into that when you're looking at lawsuits. Um, one is to understand that lawsuits themselves are a business. They're a business that attorneys are trying to make money by taking money from you, right? So if you're the attorney that says, hey, I wanna go sue Chad, the first thing that um, I would look for back if I was in my litigation days, when I used to sue insurance companies and doing litigation before I got into asset protection and wealth building uh, with building Royal Legal Solutions was um, realizing that insurance companies are profit-seeking corporations and that what their business model is built on is collecting premiums and denying coverage, especially when coverage becomes expensive. But they're really effective at getting rid of the low-dollar claims that come through. So having insurance in place is absolutely essential. But after that, what you want to have is a, at least a two-company structure. You need one company that what we would call that internally is an operating company. It's your face to the world that you do all your email communications through, you sign your contracts through, hire your contractors. You do all the active business that touches the world. It's your face to the world. You always operate through that. Why? It's because when somebody sues, they can sue that entity because that's the one that made the communications inside the contracts, but that entity doesn't own anything. So we don't care about whether they sue that entity or not. We'll just shut it down and start up a new LLC whenever that happens. And we're back in business the very next day um, if, if that event happens. If they try to sue you personally, this is where it becomes important that you don't own assets anymore. Rich people don't own assets, right? I think we all know that. The question is, is, well, how do they do it? And the way they do it is using a series structure. So they'll use what's called either like a series LLC or a Delaware statutory trust, some type of legal entity, which allows you to have a, a mothership entity at the top, which is the very, that everything points to, that streamlines all of your income through a single EIN number, bank account, and tax returns. So that makes your taxes super simple. But inside of that mothership are all of the individual children. Um, and each one of those children, we'll call them like a child series, acts just like its own LLC for liability purposes. So that way, if there's ever a lawsuit against any one of the properties or any individual deal that you're doing, they can only go after that one asset or that one deal. If they ever try to sue Chad personally, Chad doesn't own any assets anymore. Chad only, it's only Chad's asset holding company that owns those assets. So you can sue Chad all day long. You're still not going to get anything. 
If you try to sue the person that made the communications, that was through the shell operating company that happened. So we'll just shut down that LLC and start a new one. The net effect is, is that you make it where the difficulties and the amount of money that they have to spend to come after you and how much they can collect makes it such that it no longer makes business sense for anybody to pursue you in litigation. So I defend about one of these a month using our structures um, and they will either have the claims dropped or in the circumstance that the client doesn't want to go through that process of having to um, negotiate and bring the other side up to understanding, we'll get really, really low dollar settlements to get those, uh, those lawsuits um, to go away. So in your circumstance, you're like, well, cool. I have entities that are already set up and I have partnerships with those. It'd be a really simple process. And it's never too late to put in the correct processes with this. You can actually leave all the existing infrastructure in place by just being able to do some strategic things. So for your example, what I would say is, from what I know so far is, well, hey, we should probably establish a Wyoming LLC that can be anonymously owned. We structure that through a law firm as the organizing entity in the, in the face of it. So that way, any of your information isn't connected to that LLC at all. If anybody asks any information about that LLC, that gets routed to an attorney in a law firm and is further protected by the attorney-client privilege. And all of the assets of that LLC and all of the underlying child series or other subsidiary companies are also anonymously held as well. So if anybody looks to sue Chad, doesn't look like Chad owns anything. His name doesn't appear on any of the public records. It's associated with any of the entities. And that if they ever try to do anything that's in pursuit of trying to get more knowledge, they're blocked by the attorney-client privilege and the anonymity that's put in place in all of the public filings. And Chad gets the benefit of being able to know that if he's ever sued and comes into a lawsuit, he has a team that's already built, maintained, uh, and strategized the structure with them. So he says, great, well, that team can work with my local counsel, and I know that the structure is going to be used appropriately for the max defense um, that I need to be able to get that lawsuit dropped or to otherwise be able to get to the most favorable possible uh, resolution. Very interesting. And and I guess hearing you speak about that, it m- makes me think that I'm kind of like halfway to to there. I'm not I'm not fully as exposed to someone that owns assets in their own personal name, nor do I have that full anonymity that that system that you're speaking about uh, it, uh, it provides. So I guess the next question and fully realizing that there's probably not an easy answer and, and that it's probably differs for pe- person to person, but what's someone looking at costs to put in a program like that? It really depends on like what stage you're at, right? Um, so like if it's really simple, like, oh, we just need to put in like one company structure and then modify some of the other partnership agreements that you might have to have them point to the Wyoming LLC, um, then that process is, is relatively inexpensive, right? Maybe just a few thousand dollars to put together. For most of the majority of real estate clients that have you know anywhere between two to seven properties, they're, uh, they're typically um, layering in some type of like, hey, I want to incorporate my estate planning with this. I want to be able to structure this in the right way to have the minimum number of tax returns I have to file because I understand those are costs that I have to pay a CPA every year. I want to streamline in my my financial operations to be able to run everything through a single set of accounting books, um, as well as uh, having like a, a single bank account uh, to manage off of um, and be able to save time so I can focus more on my business. Those people are usually paying somewhere between seven to $10,000 uh, to be able to get a ground up bill done. But one thing I always love to emphasize in these conversations is like, there's always an efficient path. And most all the times you never have to go back and tear anything else down because it's so important 
to be able to plan for the end in mind of where am I going into the future and what's going to be a scalable, affordable, efficient, and on both cost and time that I can just grow infinitely uh, in partnership with experts that can advise me on the asset protection, the estate planning, the tax, and the insurance, and have that all be in one house and one relationship uh, so I don't then have to uh, try to broker all of these different professionals together because um, as you all understand, right, the complexities, once you start getting more people involved, there's uh, a lot of different thinking that leaves you in a position to say, like, I don't really know what to do. And that's what we mainly find. Highly educated people that really want to do it the right way, but they're really looking for a simplistic, uh, a very sophisticated system that operates in the background, but it's very simplistic to self-manage. And so that's where we hone in as our, our focus point. So I would say in terms of cost, you know, um, that's probably what you're looking at. If you're a much, uh, have many more assets, many more partnerships, you can understand that the cost would also like increase, you know, given the complexity. But where we always try to price is around uh, what's, what are of the top tier providers that are doing the most sophisticated systems. We're always at the bottom price of those people. And, and that actually doesn't seem that high of a price to me. I mean, there might be people that are listening that are surprised that it could be seven to $10,000. But uh, for me buying an industrial property, I might do $10,000 worth of due diligence uh, even before I buy it. Like it's, it, once you start getting into the commercial or industrial game, those, those costs add up pretty quick. And if you can put that into a package that, that makes you more resilient uh, for future for having a tax on that portfolio that doesn't seem like that crazy of a price to me i, I wanted to to see because i'm guessing there's a lot of people that don't go to this extent they're probably people that go to, to where i'm at and they feel they're comfortable i definitely want to talk to you uh, offline more about this because i, I find it very fascinating but I, for the person that that only does an llc and let's say they have five properties and they have them in five different llcs each one of those like you've mentioned, are at risk of, of having a lawsuit against them. So what happens if one, let's say there's two, two LLCs each have a property in them. One has 90% debt on it. The other one has no debt on it. Do, do, do they look, does one, because I have no debt, just there's more equity in there. Does that look a lot more attractive? And, and I guess two-part question, and, and maybe it sounds obvious even as I'm saying it, but is that one of the reasons that owners will almost always carry some level of debt as opposed to owning a clear title? Yeah. So um, let's say you have like the five LLCs, right, that are in place. And like that's what you typically find with like a commercial or apartment investor is that they're getting single purpose entities in the state where the asset is located. And then that's where they're going to purchase that asset through that LLC. So what that person uh, should do is to establish like a Wyoming LLC, um, a Wyoming, a Texas, a Delaware, and a Nevada LLC. One of the states that allows to be able to create anonymity either de facto or by using incorporating some uh, an anonymity trust uh, being put in place. But it's really essential is that your LLCs have charging order protection. So if you just have LLCs that are formed in the state where the property is located, depending upon those states' laws, it may or may not have charging order protection. Charging order protection relates to the concept that like if I sue Chad, can I get to his ownership interest in that LLC? States that don't have charging order protection, the answer is, yeah, you can. Like California is one of the worst, right, about being able to be like, hey, we'll let you go ahead and take his, his equity ownership in the LLC when you sue Chad. If you sue the asset, Chad's protected. That's what their LLC is limited to in the protections. So you want to form your parent entity in Delaware, Texas, Nevada, or Wyoming 
So that way all your subsidiary LLCs now can piggyback on the Wyoming, Texas, Delaware, Nevada charging order protection. And that way you're able to operate your business, but still have the charging order protection in place. That should also additionally streamline your tax returns because all the money will flow up through a single entity, which means you don't have to prepare as many returns or as many schedules. So there's usually thousands of dollars in savings on just doing the right entity structuring um, uh, to be able to accomplish that. So what we find is usually it takes one to two years for the asset protection to pay for itself just on being able to take extra tax advantages um, that may be available, uh, but also just the sheer volume and the cost of tax preparation. Right, that can come into place. So that's the the crux of uh, the structural uh, pieces that will come into place. Now, when you talk about like, well, okay, we get it, Scott. Like, I have an asset; it's located in its own LLC, and if they sue uh, me, they can't get to that asset as long as there's charging order protection, or can't they can't get it in a roundabout way by seizing my ownership interest in that LLC. Um, but what happens if they sue the asset directly? Like I had a major slip and fall or permanent injury that happened because grandma fell through the stairs on one of my properties, right? And it's a catastrophic injury. My insurance company looks at that and says, hey, well, we're going to go ahead and deny coverage because this is a huge claim and that's our business model when things get expensive. You're going to have to sue us to make us uh, provide the coverage just like they do with like anytime there's natural disasters or hurricanes or whatever, right? Everybody has seen that on the news with what, what insurance companies really do and the public sphere. Um, when these claims get expensive. Um, it relates exactly to what you said. It relates to how much debt is associated with that property. So one way to do that is actually to take on more debt, right? Real debt, like debt that is from uh, a lender and that it's a secured note uh, attached to the asset, the property, or to the LLC. The problem though with that is, is, well, if I get that cash and I'm paying interest on it, and can I really get that money motivated again, right? Into the proper place. So then it's like, well, now am I creating another headache for myself because I might not have the right opportunity to push that cash out. So there's any way that I can get the protection I'm looking for when I have a ton of equity in an LLC or an individual property uh, without running into that sticking point. And that's where the concepts of what's called equity stripping comes into play. So a lot of people don't know is that you can establish uh, a separate corporation. That corporation can then place debt onto your other corporation or other properties. And you're able to structure these in a certain way um, if you're knowledgeable so that those notes will be real notes if they came to litigation that and they sued and they tried to foreclose on your property that your mortgage company that operates just like a bank would operate in that context has to get paid out first so that in no form or fashion are they ever going to be able to collect on any of the money because the underlying debts that you have as your first position liens will get paid off first from the bank or the financing institution. And then your own private mortgage company, which you don't have to have any licensures or anything like that to create, it's just a private note that's secured uh, to the LLC or the asset, would then get paid out for all of the residual equity. And when you do it in that way, look, you've actually done a whole nother thing to them, right? Because now they had to fight through all the layers, they had to fight through the anonymity to find out where anything is located. Then once they find out where something is located, they're met with more bad news that's saying, hey, there's actually no equity here for me to be able to come after at all. And again, now we've hit them with another thing that says, doesn't it make sense to not proceed with the lawsuit? Yeah, it's brilliant. Like I, as as you're talking about that, I, I just I can see how that adds so much more protection. And to me, it's crazy. Like you mentioned that California being one where if if I lived in California and I got sued, there's the ability that they could actually go after my my shares in that in that property. 
now to me that strikes me as as absolutely crazy that there i i suspect the vast majority especially smaller real estate investors would have no idea about that uh, like someone then in california that owns you know, a small industrial property or maybe like a 10 unit apartment building i, I suspect they would have no idea that that's even possible uh whereas wh what you're suggesting uh anybody that's prudent would be looking to explore this because especially once you get to the stage where you have a few million dollars built up like, like your friend that had three million dollars if had he gone through this process like you said he would have three million dollars more money uh so do you do you find that most people just have no idea that that they're as exposed as they are well i think that it's, it's just part and parcel to um you know levels of sophistication right so one of the things in royal legal solutions on that i focused on from the very beginning was being able to say what is what are the absolute smartest best people doing and then how can on um, asset protection estate planning tax and insurance and then how can we bring that to the average person, the average business owner, the average real estate investor, so they can have all of those benefits? What we find is that um, is our core growth model as a company is twofold. One is that we do very controlled growth. We only take on 25 new clients a month because we, that's the only way for us to ensure that the quality standards are high. So we actually have um, at any given time, we might have a waiting list for people that we're able to bring on board. Um, but with the people that will actually come to our website and will actually participate in our weekly group coaching where we bring in our professional staff or other guest speakers and start to really educate themselves that um, the pieces just lock into place and say, hey, this makes sense. It's really affordable. I get to do something that's a foundation that I can scale on for the rest of my life. And I can not have to worry about myself having to come up with the new ideas of what I could or should be doing that I have a team that's willing to leverage to meet with me, but also can introduce me to all of the recorded video sessions, all of the eBooks, the master classes, and everything else that's appropriate for their situation. So what we've done is we've had to dovetail the educational components with giving away all of the secrets for free. So that way any professional that came in would be like, cool, I totally get it. I don't know how to execute it though, right? Off the top of that, because we've been doing this for seven years now for 2000 clients. Um, and that's where we come in and say, well, you can go do this anywhere. However, we have a very efficient, effective model about how to educate you, pair you with an internal person to help you execute. And then that way you never have to worry about, are I doing all of the things I could or should be doing? It's actually our job to make sure that we're bringing all the education, that we're bringing all the accountability, we're bringing the professionals to the team um, that we know are going to help um, take all of those worries off your plate because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be doing this stuff. They want to be making more deals and the amount of time and energy that you waste on not outsourcing that to somebody else that has a competent team uh, means that you're not making as many deals and you're also probably losing a lot of um, passive energy and the worry and the thinking that runs in the back of your head about these important to do items, typically around your state planning and asset protection, maybe your tax strategy, um, that is saying, well, that actually steals part of the energy that I could be pushing into more deals because I have things that are rattling on the back of my head like we all do that we know we should have done something by now with, but we haven't been able to find the right education and the right team to be able to leverage through. And that's where we feel like we actually do a great job at being able to offload all of those concerns um, in a really unique way. I think we're the only company in existence right now that is able to do that holistically for people that aren't the 25 million plus net worth that can pay $50,000 a year for these big firms to be able to do it for them. 
Yeah, and that's kind of what I assumed when you were talking is that that this what you offer is available, but it's just not as as compartmentalized into like one boutique shop that does this on your behalf without like you're saying having like a hundred million dollar family trust uh, in there. I, one and thanks for that explanation on that. I, I, one question that that I wanted to ask is how how do the authorities, whether it's uh, you know the uh, the IRS or a, a judge even. You, it, this gets brought before a lawsuit, uh, before a judge, and the judge looks at it and says, okay, I see that you have one company, and it took forever for us to even find out how, where, where it was, and that one property is worth $2 million, and another company that's also owned by the same person has a note on the property for $2 million. Can Would a judge not take a pretty dim view on that, or do they just accept that as part of the that's a legal operation? Yeah, this is where like why people I think hate lawyers, right? It's because when you actually understand the way the law works, you understand that it's actually a business and you also understand it's actually a tool and that sophisticated people know how to use tools well. The law is just a tool to help you protect yourself and to be able to streamline stuff on your taxes. The reason the, why the laws exist is because the government actually is encouraging you to use the laws. That's why they passed them. Now it's our job as attorneys, I believe, to be able to deeply understand what's going on with a client, their business, their assets, their future, their financial future, and then say, great, of all the tools we know, how do those all need to work together, right? And to be able to deliver the results. So the crux of your question is really the question of like, that's what good lawyering is. Yeah. And it, there's the joke out there that everybody hates lawyers, but everybody loves their lawyer. Uh, and, and I'm the same way. I, the lawyer that I, I don't hate all lawyers, actually, I'm a big fan. I've had probably a half dozen lawyers on this show. And I love hearing the perspective because I think for the most part, there's almost like this uh, secret veil where the, the laws behind it and the layman like myself just doesn't have a, a good understanding about it beyond my individual experiences. So I love kind of pulling back that curtain and having experts like you on talk about legal issues. So I, I'm a fan of lawyers, but I'm a huge fan of my own lawyer because he's just, he's so helpful. And like you said, understanding that the law is a tool and you need to have the right tool and you need to be able to know how to use that tool. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you explained that as, as well as you did. And, and it's been eye-opening for me. Like, like I said, I, I thought that I had a pretty good structure in place with, with LLC ownership and, and different layers of that. But I, I could see very clearly as you're going through that, that there's still areas that I can take to another level to protect myself even more. And in my mind, there's, there's probably nothing more devastating than working your entire life building up a portfolio only to have something beyond your control come and wipe that all out when there's steps you could have taken to to avoid that so uh, I, I i definitely want to continue this conversation uh, with you offline and uh, i'll encourage people to reach out to you well i've got your uh website that's the uh, uh, Royal Legal Solutions. I've got the website in the description as well as your LinkedIn. And we just connected on LinkedIn as well uh, a couple of days ago. I, I, we've been in touch for a while now and I realized we weren't connected on LinkedIn. So I'd encourage people to uh, check check you out on LinkedIn, check out your website, and then uh, you and I can have a conversation uh, offline as well. Yeah, I love it, Chad. And I, I would encourage you too to check out the royallegalsolutions.com website uh, for yourself even too before you reach out because what we understand too is that um, you need to be able to know uh, from the very beginning is like, am I in the right place, the right fit? So if you go to the website, one of the first things you're going to see is the video testimonials of people that we've worked with before 
describing like their situation, what we did, the before and after, what it's like to work with us, because that's so important. And you need to hear that from somebody else who's actually done it before you get into a new relationship. The other thing I think people, you really need to be able to vet a good relationship is being able to see, is this person actually giving away all the information? If attorneys or CPAs, tax advisors, insurance advisors, estate planning advisors are ever hiding a ball, like as you mentioned before, right? It's like, oh, it's this like esoteric knowledge of that they only have. To me, that says, well, that's actually not a person that's that confident, that they feel like they have to hoard information. So we go the opposite approach and you'll see that 41 minute video that we have on the homepage that walks everybody through in detail how all of the systems work right? And how they work together, including diagrams, descriptions, citations to appropriate legal statutes as might come available. Because what we know is that the only way that people are able to move forward with putting these things in place is that they have to hear from other people that have already done it so they can believe that this is going to work for them too. That all the education, either that's from like our Kajab, our courses that we host in Kajabi, our weekly group coaching, or on the homepage of the website where we have those 41 minutes and videos. And then lastly, they need to fully understand the process of like, how can I put this in place and get everything done in my life and be it. All the foundations are set inside of six weeks. So I always say, cool, that's my time period of commitment. I need to commit this amount of dollars. I need to commit about six weeks of time for meetings and filling out paperwork and getting additional education through that process. And then great. Now I know after six weeks, I have a system that I can run myself and I have a support team and weekly group coaching uh, and discord channels and Kajabi courses that I can go to. That's going to have all of the support uh, that I need without having to pay additional billable hours or having to pay additional money to just be able to know what do I need to do to be able to operate my business and operate my life moving forward. Love it. I, I'm such a big fan of what you guys are doing and uh, providing such a valuable service to to big investors uh, like myself. So uh, I'll post that video, that 41 minute video. I'll, I'll post that uh, in the comments and I'll pin it as well so people can find it uh, pretty easily if they just want to go and check that out. And uh, Scott, I really do uh, thank you for your time. That was an awesome discussion. Look forward to continuing to chat. Yeah, likewise, Chad. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Pleasure. I hope you got some value from that episode. I always enjoy getting to speak with these guests. Again, if you got any value from this, please leave a review on our Apple or Spotify page and look to catch you in the next episode.